Chains by Laurie Halsey Anderson, Chapter 25, Sunday, July 21st through Tuesday, August 20th, 1776. The top is Primary Evidence, written by Benjamin Franklin for the Gazette and New Daily Advertiser. Quote, Our slaves, sir, cost us money, and we buy them to make money by their labor. If they are sick, they are not only unprofitable, but expensive. Unquote. <clears throat> Chapter 25 Melancholy held me hostage, and the bees built a hive of sadness in my soul. Dark honey filled up inside me, drowning my thoughts and making it hard to move my eyes and hands. I worked as a puppet, trained to scrub and carry and curtsy and nod. Madam would not look at me. When she had an order to give, it went through Becky, even if we all stood in the same room. Tell the girl the hearth needs sweeping. Sal, Becky would say, please sweep the hearth. Tell the girl to fetch my fan. Sal, Becky would say, please fetch madam's ivory fan. The library needs dusting. Tell the girl. Sal, I swept the hearth and fetched the fan. I dusted the library without looking at the books on the shelves or the horse on the wall. I preferred the chores that took me out of the kitchen, for it was there the bees tricked me into seeing Ruth's ghost playing on the floor, churning butter or counting out kernels of corn. When her voice whispered to me, I caught fire again from my toes to my face and I burned slow like damp wood. Becky watched me careful when I turned inside myself like that. She once tried to apologize for what happened. The instant she stopped talking, I forgot what she said. Tell the girl there are bed bugs in my chamber. Tell the girl to wash the steps. <clears throat> Kirsten came round day after day and talked to me through the boards of the fence. I did not answer him. July marched out and August sailed in on a suffocating tide. British ships continued to land at Staten Island, hundreds of them carrying thousands of soldiers armed with countless guns and bullets. We went two weeks without rain. There were outbreaks of camp fever, smallpox, and dysentery amongst the rebel troops. They turned King's College into a hospital to care for thousands of sick men. I prayed that Colonel Regan was there. I prayed he would fall ill and die a terrible death for lying to me and betraying me and letting them break my body. Whenever I heard the words liberty or freedom, I wanted to spit in the dust. The air was steeped in evil during those moggy, pestilent days. <clears throat> Tell the girl to sweep the cellar. When I swept it, I found the cobwebs I had saved for Ruth. I threw them in the kitchen fire, along with the mouse carcass and rotted potatoes. Tell the girl the milk has soured. Twas left in the sun on purpose. The British finally made a move toward the end of August, rowing half their army across to the Long Island in flat-bottom boats. Becky convinced Madam to send me to market on my own again because she was afraid to go, what with the battle due to break out any minute. <clears throat> Madam agreed. She said my mark would ensure I stayed out of trouble. As commanded, I purchased two packets of straight pins, a piece of lace, and a basket of turnip greens. 
The shopkeepers and other folks looked at my face and saw only the angry red scar, just starting to fade at the edges. They did not see the girl hidden behind it. Kirsten approached me on Pearl Street and tried to talk. I walked away from him and carried the purchase back to Madam's house, wings abuzz in my ears. Hours later, as I ate my dinner of greens and cornbread with molasses, Becky entered the kitchen with a scowl. That cursing boy, the one with the hat, he's in front of the house again, she said. You must tell him to leave. I lifted my eyes from my plate. Why? Because Madam wants him arrested, and I don't want trouble, that's why, Becky snapped. I did not move. Do you want his beating on your conscience? She continued. I chewed the last of the cornbread, then wiped my fingers and stood up. Tell him to stay away, she said, as I set my plate in the washing-up tub. Blasted fool doesn't know what's good for him. When I lifted the latch of the garden gate, Kirsten appeared, mouth flapping. Finally, we've much to talk about. Go away, I said. He glanced up and down the empty street. Look, I'm sorry, the colonel, I thought sure he would help. He stopped and leaned close to my face. You don't look right, camp fever. My tongue felt the ragged edge of a broken tooth. I'm fine. He dropped his eyes to the ground. Sorry's not enough, but I am sorry about all of it. I picked up a, <clears throat> picked at a splinter of wood on the gate. There was something changed about him, but I could not figure it. Many things looked different since they burned me up. Not your concern, I said. Tis so, he said. I've asked about your sister. A, a sailor I know thinks she was put on a ship to Halifax. No, they sent her to Nevis. He opened his mouth but could not find any words. Go away, I said, or they'll arrest you, Madam said. Has she received any letters from Lockton? The question hit me like a bucket of cold water. You asking me to spy again? Listen, he started. Our freedom. I did not let him continue. You are blind. They don't want us free. They just want liberty for themselves. You don't understand. Oh, no, I understand right good, I centered. I countered. I shouldn't have believed your rebel lies. I should have taken Ruth and run the night as we landed. Even if we drowned, we would have been together. He reached out and grabbed my arm. Don't say that. His hand was strong, but so was mine. I grabbed his thumb and twisted it backward. Turn me loose. My body and voice shook as if it trapped in one of Ruth's fits. Sorry, he released me and I released him. I'm sorry for your sister and your face and your broken head. He wiggled his thumb. A hundred times as sorry as the hills. I moved to shut the gate in his face. He held it open. We all have scars, Isabel. I'll never talk to you again. I threw myself against the gate, shut it, and threw home the latch. And that's the end of chapter 25.